6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad. Let's talk about the fun that we like to have during the summertime. You know, we playing, uh, you know, we're, we're golfing, we're playing football, water skiing, but that can also lead to some injuries. And Grant Fedoric from Bleeding Edge Physiotherapy joining me this afternoon for another edition of Fit After 40. Grant, uh, I bet it's a busy time of year. <laughs> Yeah, it is. It's been, uh, you know, this is an interesting time of year. We see those more, uh, I would call them athletic injuries, I would say, or people wanting to be athletes, I guess, because it's summertime and they're out water skiing and they're doing sports they haven't done for a little while and especially with the beautiful weather. So we're seeing a lot of it. Yeah, without a doubt. So what should people be doing going into these things? I think we've had this conversation before, but it's always an important reminder about, you know, ease into it. Maybe do some (laughs) stretching before and after. (laughs) Realize your limits, friends. Yeah, I think I think the number one is the limit is the conversation. We can have the conversation about warm up and stuff, but let's not kid ourselves. I mean, I'm a I'm a weekend water skier myself. It's not like I do some stretches on the on the beach before I jump in the boat. I think the I think the let's so let's keep it to common sense. And common sense means you know number one, you're in the water and and that boat starts yanking on you, and you decide you're going to fight it because you used to be able to. Maybe just let go of the rope and try again on your next try instead of trying to push your way through it. Or, you know, you've been skiing and you've been up for, I'm going to use water skiing because it's one I'm kind of more uh, recent in my brain anyways. But these apply to golf. They apply to other things as well. So you start to feel it. You're at the end of a a ski and, boy, everything's burning. Uh, And we're talking fit after 40 here. We're not going to recover from pushing it for another minute out there. So I'm I'm suggesting to those of us that are over 40 that – not to not to act like we were 18 years old anymore and and maybe just enjoy that ride and let go of the rope or you know maybe 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 54 holes isn't the best idea 36 <laughs> might be okay but you know you're now on that you're you're looping one more time cuz it's beautiful and it's staying light outside and next thing you know you're seeing us with a golfer's elbow so really it it's, it comes to limits and listening to your body and when the body's telling you to stop Uh, You should probably listen to it is probably the number one thing I hope people take away from today's show. So listen to your body, and uh, if, if you're not going to listen to your body, you're going to realize you might be a little sore, something might happen. And, I, and I th- when you think about water skiing, I mean, that's a whole body thing. You're, you're holding on to that mm-hmm. rope, the, the skis you're on, you're with the board, or maybe you're going barefoot. Who knows? Whatever it yeah. is. <laughs> All right, do you do barefoot water skiing, uh, Grant? I, I, haven't, I have in the past, but I also listen to my body, and it's not something <laughs> I do. I do anymore, so I, I also don't try to lay down the big wake anymore like I used to. So, yeah. you know, common common injuries with water skiing, and I've seen them, yeah. and I treat them all the time, are people, people tear muscles regularly water skiing, and it's usually hamstrings or calves. Those are the most oh. two most common ones I see. Uh, the hamstring, if you look back and you see your back of your thigh is black and blue, you've at least got a second-degree tear in your hamstring muscle. Same with the calf, and they can be fairly significant. And these happen without even having to wipe out. They occur during the active motion or the movements that happen when you're slalom or to skiing out there. 
So, Grant, when you talk about a, a, a tear, like in a hamstring or a calf, is that exactly what it is? Is it a big tear? Like, ha- yeah, to me, yeah. it sounds way worse than, ugh. And I've seen people with that big, you know, bruising yeah. on their on their backside, and it looks awful. But is, is, it, is that exactly what happens? It is. And the analogy I like to use for people, because they often downplay it, well, my doctor said it was a first-degree strain. And it's like, well, okay, so strain means tear. A strain, first, second, and third degree, to describe it for those people. So first of all, a sprain is when it happens to a ligament. And the ligament is what attaches bones to bones. Muscle is, is basically, we all know what a muscle is, and they describe a strain. And so a tendon or a muscle can be strained. A ligament can be sprained. The degree, when we talk about first, second, and third degree, is just the amount of the tear. They're all tears. Yeah. So if you have a first degree sprain or a first degree strain, you have a small tear. So picture a napkin, and all you've done is just begun to tear it a little bit. That would be what we describe as a first degree sprain or strain. Now imagine keep on pulling on that napkin now and like a paper napkin and keep tearing it until it's barely holding on by a few pieces of paper that is all a second degree so second degree can be something that's just a little more than a first degree or it could be just shy of you rupturing it which is a third degree so you pull the rest of that napkin apart now you've got a third degree and that's what people think of a tear because now it's torn right off that's just yeah. a third degree tear but we are talking much more severe when you get to the third degree but second degree can be incapacitating no doubt about it oh my goodness all right so how is that treated well again it depends on the degree so when we assess them we want to know what degree so let's say it's a calf and the person comes in we're, we're doing certain tests to determine. So with ligaments, we're doing stress tests on the ligament to see how much end feel or what we're feeling. And if we get, you know, a little bit of pain with some resistance when we're testing a ligament, that's a first degree. Second degree, what we're going to get is quite a bit of movement or gapping when we test it. And all of a sudden, they're also going to get pain, and that's a second degree. With a third degree, we're going to do that test, a stress test on it, and it's going to really have a lot of movement in there, and there's going to be no pain. Now we're in trouble because there's nothing holding on to hurt anymore. With a muscle, we're going through a similar test. So we're testing the resistance of the muscle, and if you resist and it's pretty strong but it hurts, then we likely have a first degree. With a second degree, we're going to resist it. You're going to get pain and weakness. It's going to be quite weak, and it's going to hurt. That's also a good sign. We've got a second degree there. Typically, with those strains that are second degrees, we're going to get bruising and that effusion where, like I described earlier, you look back and your back of your thigh looks black and blue. That's a second degree, but it could be a third degree because a third degree, you're going to have no strength, and often you're not going to really, you might not have any pain either because there's nothing holding on anymore. Those ones you see a defect, and each one of those has a different treatment involved. When it's acute, no matter what, we do, I know people are going to be out there saying, well, now there's this this promotion of move it anyways you can't you need to know what you're dealing with before you just keep moving it and so you need a diagnosis because sometimes resting it and immobilizing it is very important especially if you've got a advanced second degree or a partial thickness second degree or a full thickness second degree tear or a third degree rupture and in in cases of third degree sometimes yes sometimes not all the time but sometimes those do need surgery
surgical uh, repair. So, yeah. so I guess the answer to your question is how do you treat it? Boy, <laughs> I, you almost need six weeks of uh, just, you know, crash physio course to go through each one of those because they're all treated very different. The owner and one of the physiotherapists with or at Leading Edge Physiotherapy, Grant Fedork, joining me this afternoon. It's fit after 40. Some things to keep in mind, Grant. Uh, I knew that the question was coming, so I'm going to ask it because a lot of folks are out there golfing <laughs> right now and uh, getting questions about the, the, the bad elbow and the bad shoulder, what happens when you're golfing that, that seems to be debilitating debilitating uh is there such there's such a thing as golfers elbow like tennis elbow no <laughs> yeah absolutely in fact it's the opposite side so tennis elbow is an inflammation of the attachment of the uh, so in your forearm if you put your palm down on the table and you look at the outside of it that's going to be a tennis elbow when you flip your palm up and you look at the inside of your elbow mm -hmm. and it's called golfer's elbow because it's commonly caused by those of us including me who will take a big chunk of the ground. So we're resisting our <laughs> forearm against a downward swing and it causes some small tears right on the inside of the elbow. So palm up, if you poke on the inside of your elbow there and it's really tender yeah. or that's where you're getting the pain, you got a golfer's elbow. And no, it won't go away just by taking some time off of golf. It does need to be managed. And yes, you will go back to golf, but it's quite a common one. And the shoulder as well, because a lot of the movement although it should happen more through the hips those of us who played hockey we think it also happens through the shoulders and so a lot of downward force usually on the left shoulder if you're a right-handed golfer and it's usually the pain right on the front of the shoulder the rotator cuff it can be on the right shoulder if you're really swinging hard with that right arm as well and so it can occur on either side but typically a right-handed golfer is going to get a golfer's elbow on the right hand and a left-handed golfer is going to get a golfer's elbow on the left hand well then what's frozen shoulder yeah, so frozen shoulder is nothing to do with it. It's not a tendinopathy or a, it, it, okay. or a strain. So inside of the shoulder, we have something called a capsule. We have it around all of our synovial joints, and our shoulder is a, a ball in a socket. And now imagine a socket with a balloon around it, and every joint's got this elastic balloon. It's important. You need it. That's the capsule. Unfortunately, with a frozen shoulder, that balloon no longer has that elasticity. So imagine now it's like all scarred up and it's frozen. They use the term frozen as an analogy because it doesn't move. So with a, with a tendonitis or with a strain, you'll have full range of motion often. It may be painful, but with a frozen shoulder, the telltale sign is you can't move it. It will go only so far in a specific pattern called the capsular pattern. So it's very, uh, you're very difficult to raise your arm to the side, lift your hand up like to throw a ball or reach behind yeah. your back. If those movements are limited, like the arm just doesn't want to move, you probably have a frozen shoulder. You should get in because the recovery takes some time, but you can shave off a lot of time if you get it treated uh, appropriately and quickly. Well. Well, life shouldn't hurt, right, Grant? It should not hurt. So uh, check out the website at leadingedgephysio.com. If you have a question, you can uh, ask uh, ask the physio through the link on the website. You can get in touch uh, to the clinics uh, through the website as well. Fit after 40, uh, stay cool. Well, you're always cool, Grant, but stay uh, temperature cool. Stay temperature cool and uh, and safe as well. well. We'll talk to you next month. Yeah, and everybody out there, you guys enjoy the summer, but stay safe. We don't want to <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanks for that. That's Grant Fedoric, Leading Edge Physiotherapy.